Support for this podcast comes from Healthnetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? Healthnetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. Healthnetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at healthnetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Switch off. <laughs> well, we're live, and people are. That's how we're going to start. Pizza Carol saying you can apologize and blah blah blah. Well, we're three minutes late, and Pizza because we were talking about comic books for a while. Because Pizza Carol got his first comic books ever for the holidays. He's reading. <laughs> he's reading Akira, or as you Westerners call it, Akira. Well, uh, we don't know how to read. And I was just asking Jose, how do I do that? <laughs> You're gonna, so you can see my massive shelf of comic books behind me. Welcome to the club, Pizzy Carol. Yeah, but don't apologize to those people. Those yeah, they people. Should, what they do you should mean, be so those lucky. People should be so lucky to have us talking to you on New Year's Day. Right. So what for three minutes late? You're lucky we're even here. Happy New right. Year's, by the way. Happy New Year to you. Merry Christmas. Even Would more you? beautiful. Even oh. more beautiful in 2020. Oh you. Oh you. <laughs> so uh, how are your holidays, by the way? We didn't have we didn't have an uh, A side last week. What'd you get up to on Christmas? Oh, he recorded Eurobash. <laughs> That's true. That is true. No, uh, yeah, I had a great Christmas there. Uh, my little niece is three, so it was very exciting. Oh, with wow. Santa Claus and everything like that. So, Oh, she's at the age where Christmas is like a really big deal early yeah. in the morning. Yeah, It was awesome. great, though. You know what I mean? It brings a little bit of magic back to it. And, uh, yeah, I, I was on the 23rd of of uh, December. I was like, I, f- I fucking hate Christmas. And then on the 25th, I was like, it's the best, most magical time of the year. <laughs> What'd you get up to New Year's? Um, my friend um, David uh, moved into a house with his um, his soon-to-be wife, fiance Emma. So we went out there to see the house for the first time, and we had a few drinky poos out there. It's great crack, actually. Had a you, great night. Pizza Carol had a few drinks at, on a holiday. No, look, special. It was a special occasion. No. But it's a. Uh, it's um I prefer to are you would be the same as me, like you'd prefer to be at a house party than an like a club scene oh, or anything like that. I, I hate can't, that shit. I, I hate can't that shit. I can't do clubs. I've walked into it like New Year's Eve like here in Phoenix they have a lot of like bars and stuff that do things. I remember I I've walked in and I'm like, Nope and I just immediately turn yeah. around. It's like that gif of like the sa- of the Simpsons grandfather where he like walks in and then does a lap and then just like leaves immediately. That's been me many a time. The smell of cheap aftershave and desperation just always turns me off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People grind on you. <laughs> I don't have that problem. I don't have that problem. <laughs> I don't know what they do out there in Ireland, just walking around stabbing people and grinding on people all day. Look, you, you'll take you'll take the grind over the stab any day. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I will take your word for it. But as always, we could talk about pizza getting stabbed all we want for hours on end but we won't do that this time we're going to talk about mixed martial arts because we haven't done in a long time uh no fights really in the ufc since the last time we talked but that doesn't mean there haven't been fights in general there's a big bellator japan card uh or 237 whatever you want to call it we have the ryzen card that you watched uh that was great fun casey and esther were there on the site out in tokyo you should stay on this after this go watch all their videos they also have a coffee they have a talk coffee talk that's coming out which i'm very excited to watch do they yes they do so, Who did they uh, get for the coffee talk? I think it's just them. I haven't watched it uh, yet. I have not quite watched it yet. So I'm, sa- I'm saving it for when uh, we're done with this. I'm going to put the put it on my YouTube on my big television. And I'll sit down and watch uh, my fellow quote-unquote hipsters 
what to <laughs> coffee talk oh hey, we're all fo- like i mean the slaggings are just so bad i wish they'd just get better at that shit but um they they uh, are the best at that i think it's the best um the best thing for casey and esther because it's just like a hang with them isn't it i think they're, it's great i love it and uh if you haven't seen it there's a long thread on twitter and they're all on instagram of uh esther's photos from the rising card uh, she she did fin- like not even just rising the Bellator card too and I think UC two forty three the Israel Adesanya card she was like that is some of her finest work she's ever done same thing for uh, two forty four two forty five uh, especially that Kevin Lee Gregor Gillespie fight where she just got all the perfect shots but she was on another level on rising like people getting choked out people getting head kicked I have that that tension photo of the and kicking the mouthpiece out is one of the coolest photos I've ever seen she also put together her uh, photos of the decade that she put out on twitter and instagram which is unbelievable uh i had the uh, the the joy of posting them and just sifting through i go i don't even know how you can just pick isn't it that's what i thought so funny it's like um you know they're picking the photos of the decade and under nearly everyone there's like 10 replies with 10 different pictures that could have been in the thread that were definitely there i mean which was the one i saw today the the John Jones walk away guillotine on um, yeah. Machida where he just flopped lifeless to the ground. Yeah, remember actually watching that live and just being like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> like when he did that, he's like, "What the fuck?" Is that was the on, that was I was in college when that happened. I convinced my professor to let me cover that event oh, uh, nice. for school. That was the first time I got to cover a UFC event. Uh, but yeah, go check out Esther's stuff. Casey has did awesome work as usual with the scrums. Uh, I was very fascinated watching because uh, last rising card I did not work with you. I didn't. I was with MMA fighting, but I didn't work it. This is the first rising card, New Year's Eve card. I really worked where Casey was on the site. So it was very fascinating to watch uh, the media day process. From I know how like Bellator works. I know Cage Warriors works. I know how the UFC works. It was fascinating watching another promotion that isn't a native English speaking do media. So it was just yeah. it, was, it was an interesting uh, time to watch, and I always like watch Ryzen because it reminds me of Pride. So yeah. I had a good time. I was actually thinking of you as I'm watching this event because I know you're putting together the events, sure. uh, the, the oh, piece. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. I had <laughs> I already, like, oh, it's I had already, in the works. <laughs> I had already finished writing it and submitted it by the time that was over, okay. and I, I kicked myself. Like that was harder than I thought. Event of the year because I, I was putting all it, very hard. I was putting it together because Alex, Alex Kaylee, uh, who was. It was the czar of the end of the year awards uh, assigned me the event yeah. of the year because he says I can rattle off events by memory and yeah. I had it was very difficult because it was like I put my top five together and it was like all UFC and I was like that doesn't seem right like there's been better there's been yeah. really good non-UFC fights like the Cage Warriors one the yeah. first Bellator card with Fedor and Bader was really good uh, mm-hmm. The KSW, uh, KSW was really good. Uh, yeah. There was been the one championship. It was it was a lot harder. Oh than shit! I thought. There was one one century this year as well. Fucking hell! Yeah, it's yeah, it's been it's a lot of events. So I was like, top five was hard. Like putting yeah, it together, man. I had to like trust my. I'm like, so then at the end, I was like, whatever. I'm just gonna trust my gut. Like, that's what no, I did with the fights of the decade one as well. I was just like, ah, I know I people have, are gonna be upset. I have I a care. bone to pick with you on fight, fights of the decade too, Pizza Carol. What did I do? You. Did not include my favorite fight of all time. Korean Zombie and Poirier. Yep. That is my <laughs> single favorite fight of all time. And I, as soon as I saw your list, I was like, I bet he didn't include it. And sure enough. Sure I think there, enough. Like, I mean, there's a lot of... When you're doing these things, right? There's all these... Like, people don't realize. There's 20 events from the decade that every... Like, that people 
will say have to be on the list. Yeah. You have to r- rattle it down to ten or fights, whatever it is. And it's like, even with you, I'd say you thought of at least a, a short list of like fifteen events, and then you're like, now I have to get this down to five. Yeah. And by the time you do that, I mean you can't even think straight. Like it's just like, all right, this is what I'm gonna have to go with. Otherwise, I'm gonna be here till next year trying to put together this fucking list. You know what I, I mean? don't think I don't think we did breakthrough fighter of the year. That would have been hard too. That would have been real yeah. hard. Last year it was really easy because we had is the emergence of Israel out of sign. But I was looking at my my list of fighters of the year, uh, breakthrough fighters of the year, and I had Izzy, Alexander Volkanovsky, and Wiley Zhang on my 2018 well, breakthroughs. It's a piece of piss this year. It's Piotr Jan. Or Jairzinho. No, it's, it's Piotr Jan. I think you'll find it's Piotr Jan the more you look at it. So, yeah. I mean, how many times did he, how many t- <laughs> what, was he 3-0 in 2019? Well, we're gonna yeah. say we'll save this because we're gonna do like our picks of the year at like our okay. ends of the year thing at the end, uh, because okay. we so I'll, we'll save our uh, lists for then. But as always, this is not our podcast. This is your guys's podcast. You can ask Boy us whatever podcast. you want. It is Pizzi's podcast. We just live. We're just watching it. Uh, so you can leave your question on the site. You can use hashtag the A site on Twitter. I don't look at the questions until I'm on the air. So you can ask whatever you want. I also have the YouTube chat open for all of you lovely people to make fun of us uh, and ask us questions whether who would win in a fight between me and Pizzi because we know the answer would be me. But we're going to keep moving on. Uh, first question on the site from longtime commenter Trumbo. We're kicking off the 2020s. Well with, done, Trumbo. With, with one of the longest commenters we've had. So two or false and one question. So true or false, Pizzi. Oh, first of all, happy new York. True or false for 2020. For, for 2020, Max Holloway wins back the featherweight championship of the world. False. Um, that's... I'm going to say false, too, simply because... There's a lot going on there now, isn't there? Volkanovski, yeah, Zabit, Yeah, Rodriguez. Korean There's lots Zombie, of matchups yeah. that... Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, look, we're forget. Like, there's so many fights that could be made that aren't Max Holloway there. And um, I think he deserves a shot. Of course, he does at the belt straight away. He's brilliant. I think he's fantastic. But there's just a lot that can happen there. And I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Max take a long bit of time off, allowing someone else to, to fight for the title. And then who knows? I don't know. Well, I was looking, like, did you watch, did you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast with Max Holloway on it? Yeah, he yeah. said that this was the this is a weird fight when he lost to Volkanovski because he said he of his last few fights he took the least amount of damage against yeah. Volkanovski and he still lost. So everyone like <laughs> I was thinking to myself like in my mind I was like why well, wouldn't be I wouldn't put it past Max to take a lot of time off but have we heard Max say that? Because I feel like everyone else is saying it but I haven't heard Max say he wants to take a lot of time off. I feel like we're just kind of putting that on him. Yeah, like I, I guess, I guess when you just look at his activity, like <laughs> he's just always going, and you're like, maybe this is a nice time where you don't feel like you need to keep defending the belt. You can take that time off to decide what you want to do next, because like he's a living legend in our sport. Like he can kind of think about what he wants to do next. And I always remember, you know, this 55 talk isn't going to go away, even though he's no longer the champion. And I always think of, you know. The people like yourself who know a lot about this sport always say maybe if he wants to take go to 55, he needs to take that elongated period off to to you know put some uh, good weight on his body and stuff. Like I mean, there's a lot of options there, and um, you know you, you certainly wouldn't blame the guy for taking a break at this stage, you know. Yeah, so I, think, I think what he has like what could benefit him too is 
uh, Volkanovski had surgery on his hand. He, like, broke his hand in the fight. So Volkanovski could be out for a while, too. So if Max wants to wait for him to return, that would, could be hugely beneficial for him in the long run. Uh, I was on the on the team that uh, if Max wanted to take a lot of time off, he would just get a, he would get an immediate title fight regardless of whether of who is the champion. Like kind of like how Ronda Rousey did. Like when she lost to Holly, the belt changed hands twice during her time off. Like Misha beat Holly, and then Amanda Nunes beat Misha, and then when Ronda came back, she fought Amanda because she had the belt. So I was on this team where if Max wants to take 12 months off, whoever has the belt when he comes back, he gets to fight. It could be Volkanovski, mm-hmm. it could be Zabit, it could be Korean Zombie. Max gets Max, Max gets to cut the line of contenders. Mm-hmm. So if he wants to do that, great. But if, if, Vol- if Volkanovski is out for a while, and they Dana White did say he wants to go to Australia every year now, like that part of the world. If Izzy is still champion... And Volkanovski is still champion. I don't know why you don't do, say, Israel Adesanya beats Yoel Romero in March, like the rumored fight is going to be. And they want to, and then he, they want to get him, turn him around and fight Paulo Costa. Israel Adesanya, Paulo Costa, and Volkanovski, Max Holloway, as main and co-main down in that part of the world, that is a phenomenal card right there. Mm, especially if, if Dan Hooker wins in Adelaide. Is, that, is it in Adelaide, right? In, yeah, uh, that's correct, yeah. If, Auckland, is it? Or Auckland. Auckland, I can't quite remember. Yeah. I always get those two confused. If he Auckland's beats, New Zealand. It's in New that's, Zealand. Yes, so correct, Auckland. correct. So, and Dan Hooker beats Paul Felder. Throw him on that card too. Maybe against a Poirier type of guy. Like that's a phenomenal card for that part of the world. You have so many of those city kickboxing guys like that are coming through as well. I expect that gym to keep having guys signed as well. Um, but um, here's here's a funny thing. I was just thinking about it as you were talking there. You know, I know he's not coveted this fight. And it's not something he's ever made a priority of, but he's probably he's probably in a better position in the Conor McGregor sweepstakes off a loss and losing the forty-five title than he was with it, because now he doesn't have to be like this is championship. I have to defend against number one contender and stuff like that. Um, you know, Conor obviously doesn't want to fight at forty-five. It doesn't seem like he does, but at fifty-five, he he might look at what Poirier did to the Holloway there, and if everything doesn't go according to his plan with his three-tier plan from. Cerrone to Masvidal and then to um, Madoff. I feel like uh, Max is right there and it's a fight that every time it's it's popped up on social media or anything people are really really interested in it you're not wrong like I hadn't thought about that I just know Connor has his plan I think if Connor I'm still adamant that if Connor loses to Cowboy Cerrone in a, in a few weeks that he should get Nate the trilogy, trilogy with Nate and if he loses that we might never see Connor again but yeah Max is he could rematch Max. He could rematch Dustin. He could fight Justin mm-hmm. Gage. Like, there's a lot. Of, like, when we were trying to make this whole what's going to happen to the welterweight, lightweight division situation, a lot has to happen when Connor and Cowboy fight. Like, that mm-hmm. that one fight is like the linchpin to a lot of matchups. Because, like, Connor yeah. wins, then you have the Mazardal fight. Connor loses, then Mazardal could fight Usman, and then Connor could fight Nate. If Cowboy, like, if, if Cowboy wins dominantly, uh, maybe they give him a shot at, like, move him up the 170-pound rankings. Like, a lot has to happen in that card uh, before we can even, pot, like, make possible matchups. Mm, and I feel like, I mean, I was, I was kind of, we were talking about this fight, you know, every week probably since it's been announced or whatever. And I can remember when we were initially talking about, oh, I had talked to Owen Ruddy. And, I mean, that's probably one of two interviews anyone has done from the camp. Like, yeah. it's been radio silence again. And that just worries me. Because the McGregor, who was on top of his game, everybody from the camp couldn't wait to do interviews to talk about how great he looked, uh, how amazing he was, all this stuff. And it was the same before Habib. There was this radio silence. And, and when that happens, I'm always like, 
well, wh- why aren't people talking here? This should be exciting. Like, this is the return of one of the most polarizing stars of the sport, and nobody from the camp is, is, is putting themselves in front of a camera to speak about it. It's just, well, apart from Owen Roddy, of course, who, uh, who I have a lot of time for doing that for me, but I just feel like it, it was always something that was pretty, it goes hand in hand with a Connor camp, all of these guys talking, all of these guys talking about Grady looks. Now, Kavanaugh's not even doing interviews, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, it's a bit... I don't know, it's, just, it's off-putting for me having covered his career since he was 20 or whatever, you know what I mean? Well, speak of the devil, uh, 34 minutes ago, John Cavanaugh just tweeted, uh, January 1st, last, this, he tweeted this just 34 minutes ago, January 1st, last heavy spar today before we go to Vegas. Can honestly say this is the best I've seen him. It wasn't sure that was possible to do six months ago. You guys are in for a real treat. I'm glad to have a good seat. Hashtag UFC 246. So 34 minutes ago, John Cavanaugh tweeted that this is the best he's seen uh, Connor in a long time. Yeah, but I don't, unless I'm going to talk to you and I can actually feel what you're saying, I don't believe that. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, he say, he probably said something similar before he fought Habib, and I don't care what anyone says. It's the worst version of Conor we, we saw. Like, So, I mean, I, that's when you kind of start going, well, all right, you said it. Does that mean it's true? Sure. I don't know. Sure. Well, we're going to move, sp- keeping in the Conor McGregor, tra- what do you call it, theme. Vain. It's not ha- doesn't have to be about Conor McGregor, but one of his former opponents. Uh, true or false, Jose Aldo wins the bantamweight title. I tell you what, he, he, he looked fucking good. He did. I actually had him winning. I think I think Jan and guys like that are going to be trouble for him, though. Jan uh, or Alzermain, who's long and lan- like lanky and has really good submission game. Um, but I feel like if he can just, if he can just, he never uses those leg kicks as much as no. we used to see him in the WEC days. I remember he fought Faber and he like disabled the guy, like he would just destroyed his legs. And and I guess the early in the Marais fight, it seemed like he was gonna go with something like that. I think that would be the way to fight Jan if you're trying to, you know, because he's so predominantly a boxer. Um, I, I think you know that's the real way Aldo could have success against him. But I guess. I think that's a that's a tough fight for him. I think someone like Aljamain Sterling could cause him a lot of problems in the in terms of wrestling and stuff like that. So, you know, I I think it would be a, an amazing story, but I'm gonna go with false. Yeah, I'll say false too. I think. Uh, well, we have to even see when Henry Cejudo. Like, if Henry Cejudo only fights once this year, then who's he like? And he fights Aldo. I don't know if like if Aldo. I think Aldo could beat Cejudo for sure. But if Cejudo wants Aldo in his next fight, like. I, I I slightly favor Aldo against Henry Cejudo, uh, yeah. but who knows? It really depends on like if 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 Cejudo faces Peter Jan, and Jan wins, I don't think anyone's going to take the belt from Jan anytime soon if he wins. It just I think again it depends on who Cejudo fights next uh, before. I, but I'm going to say false. Uh, true or false? John Jones fights for the heavyweight championship. False. I'm going to say true. He's already talking about it at. Uh, the, the, the he's press been conference. talking about it for years. Every time he does this shit where he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. And you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And then he doesn't fucking do it. So, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get myself excited anymore. I'm Look, gonna, I'm already getting excited. I'm going to say it. true because at that last press conference when it was him and Dominic up on stage, he said that he was actually trying to fight Stipe uh, in October or September. Uh, but they already had they had other plans for him. So, I'm going to say true. Uh, the only thing it's I think – What's up? More lucrative at this stage. Yeah. Like, I mean, the only thing like, I think would stop that is uh, Stipe is currently sidelined, recovering from his last fight against DC. And DC said that uh, in another interview that he's waiting for Stipe. And he's like, I, like if so, if Stipe and DC don't fight till August, December. And then uh, there, there's another like 
fight of the year candidate and they get banged up again so the only thing that i think would prevent john jones from fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world is if the heavyweight champion is on the sideline but i do expect him to fight at heavyweight it just depends on who he fights that's my take yeah, I feel like, you know, as much as we've been singing the praise of the likes of Blachowicz and Corey Anderson, who, you know, we we love that guy. He's yep. in amazing. And um, we love his kind of rubbing the UFC up the wrong way. Everything about what he's doing at the moment is is really good for media members and fans, let's say. Maybe not so much the brass, but, you know, as much as he's doing great work, it, it's, it still doesn't. It doesn't compare to uh, to Jones going up to heavyweight. Like it's it's just going to be a completely different thing. So such a big fight. I feel no matter who he takes on there, I don't even feel like, you know, whoever's the champion. I feel like it's John Jones moving up to heavyweight is the story rather than anyone he's taking on. You know, I agree. Uh, I agree. It's I'm curious, but then John is so meticulous with his every decision he makes is like laid out and like yeah. strategized. So if he goes to heavyweight, he said, I can't imagine he's just going to, he's not going to want to take a lot of time to bulk up. Like, no. I don't think he's like, when Bader went up to heavyweight for that Grand Prix, there were a lot of light heavyweights that just kind of mm-hmm. moved up, like the Rampage and Chael Sonnen, like the Rampages and the Chael Sonnens. And the, there were a lot of guys like that. And Bader just kind of, he was a light heavyweight that just stopped cutting weight. Because like Fedor is not the biggest heavyweight in the world. He um, looked like more of a natural heavyweight than Fedor did when they fought. Exactly. You know what I mean? And then the only real legitimate heavyweight he fought was Matt Mitrion, who just dominated. He just ragdolled him for like 15 mm. minutes. So uh, Bader, he said that at the end of the run, he felt like a legitimate heavyweight. But when he first started, his body just was a light heavyweight that stopped cutting weight. Same thing as Darian Caldwell in this featherweight tournament. He goes, I'm just a bantamweight that's not cutting weight right now. Like, I'm still a bantamweight. I, my body just, I haven't bulked up yet. So I feel like John Jones is not going to take that approach. And he's going to take time to become a real heavyweight before he moves up. Well, look, I mean, people don't give people a lot of credit. Like, I mean, I, I feel like Max Holloway did that against Poirier. Joanna did that against Valentina Shevchenko. And because they lost, people are like, oh, this guy sucks and shit. You're like, you know, not not that not that everyone says that, but you, you do see it. And you're like, do you realize the risk that this this person just took in this fight like i mean you you meant to know stuff about the sport if you're gonna follow it so passionately you know what i mean even look at uh jacare rockhold and weidman like they all oh yeah they're going up from middleweight to light heavyweight that was rough for them too uh didn't work out for them and before that we were seeing the praises of the tiago santos the anthony smiths that moved up it looked great it doesn't work out for everyone uh they also no. got rough matchups right out of the gate where uh i think anthony smith took like the, the slow climb because he wasn't like a world beater he didn't have high yeah. expectations. Uh, same thing for uh, um, uh, Tiago Santos. He kind of filled in on short notice. Uh, who did he fight in his? It was it Eric Eric Anders? Was his first fight at light heavyweight when he filled in? Was it Manoa? No, it was. So oh, it might, have been was, Ma- it might have been Anders in Brazil, was it? He was supposed to fight Manoa, but then Manoa got hurt, and then he fought. So that was his two middleweights fighting at light heavyweight. And then the next fight was Manoa, and then the that next was a and then crazy fight. and then the next fight was Jan. So like Tiago Santos didn't fight Dominic Reyes in his first fight. He didn't fight Jan in his first fight. He didn't fight uh, like so he he did the slow climb up too. That all those fights were absolutely insane. Uh, he did he had no expectations of light heavyweight. It just turned out he was phenomenal. And now a lot of people think he beat John Jones. I keep seeing one two five a lot on uh, on Twitter uh, for the rounds that they think he won. One sentence I wrote in that uh, fight of the decade piece against Gustafs uh, with the Jones and Gustafsson fight. I'm like, and no one has pushed him as hard 
to this day and straight away as soon as it like went out I was like that's the only line I looked at and I was like fuck because <laughs> Diego Santos might have beaten him you know what I mean it's like yeah. but I was like, I'm arguing because Stafford might have beaten him as well but it's the recency bias people are like fuck you PT <laughs> <laughs> they would they would say that anyway. Uh, yeah. True or false? Nope. Rose is the 125 pound champion at the end of 2020. No, absolutely not. I don't think Valentina is losing the belt for a long time. <laughs> this guy, I, may, maybe Trumbo want, meant 115. Uh, oh, we still on still on Trumbo. Fair play. He's given us a lot of juice here. Yeah. Fairness, and these so. are all good questions. Yeah. Rose is Take the back, maybe he meant 115. Do you think Rose would be the 115 pound champion? Actually. Save that because we have a question coming up uh, later. Uh, True or false, Bellator does another tournament. Bantamweight, featherweight, or lightweight? Well, they're already doing a featherweight tournament right now. Uh, They have to. to, It's not like they they need to do this stuff because they are so bad at building narratives that last more than one event. I, I feel like you know that's why these things really go well the european series like i mean we have no idea of where people are on the totem pole because it's just like here's a bunch of fights again woo you know there's like you yeah. need to give us something here I, I was even arguing for get european titles over here and if you become Ooh. the european title then you then you the european champion you fight you you know within six months you can get get to fight the 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 international champion I feel like that's their big issue here. They've had some great, great sold-out cards in Dublin, but I feel as though if they don't actually develop a storyline, um, you know, if they don't have those, you know, f- reasons for people to be coming back to these things rather than just going to a fight card, I feel like it's going to be hard to maintain those uh, sold-out shows, even though they have, like, superstars like, like James Gallagher over here who commands such big attention all over the world. I just feel like they need to work on what are we actually selling here? What is the product? I don't... Like, James Gallagher has the makings, could be a massive star. Like, he could be a huge star in America. Uh, he's obviously a huge deal in Europe, especially in, when he headlines the Dublin cards. Lost in Sioux Falls, but he also has a win in Madison Square Garden. But, like Michael Venom Page, I want to see him fight, like, these upper echelon in America. So, like, we can see him fight. Like, I would love to cover James Gallagher fight. But I want, yeah. like, like, Michael Venom Page... I inter- I was around him a lot in Chicago, and I think mm. being around him a lot in Chicago and the fans seeing him around a lot was hugely beneficial for yeah. Bellator. And yes, he very lost, nice but <laughs> he lost to Douglas Lima uh, very very violently. But the way he handled himself too, because a lot of people saw that, I think got him a lot of fans. Yes, there were a lot of, a lot of haters, but a lot of fans were like very shocked at how positive he was on the outcome like yeah i lost i hope he becomes champion now uh, people don't realize that james and the looks of james and michael have been competing in martial arts since they're like 10 years old they they have lost so many times you wouldn't believe probably in horrendously embarrassing ways it just wasn't people there to see it so i mean it's like um the thing with james is you know i, com- I completely agree with that um that the uh, they need to move them onto that u.s opposition again but they need to do that by doing something with his fights here. Like, I mean, why don't why isn't he fighting for the bantamweight, the European bantamweight title against Kyle Eleanor, who beat a Cage Warriors champion in his debut? Like, when you're a Cage Warriors champion, you are waiting to be signed by the UFC. Can you defend that title enough to the point where they go and sign you? That's all that is. It's like you're next in line. So if he's done that to the a former Cage Warriors champion, and now he's fighting James. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's lots of great bantamweights there that I'm sure would be like, oh, I want to fight for that title, and I get that, but you got to let James, if he's the one selling out cards, the headline of, of these Irish cards that are selling out 10,000 seats, that's the guy you need for him for the title. Well, and look, 
Sorry, go ahead. There, there's no bantamweight champion period in Bellator right now. Horiguchi vacated because of his injury. Yeah, but there'll be murder if they put that for the the, the undisputed title. Kyle Eleanor. And no, Dan I'm not Gallagher talking about that. But if Gallagher wins, he's a big star. Why wouldn't he fight for the championship of the world? Like, not mm. even European. Like, if he fights for the Bellator championship on another Madison Square Garden car they want to put, like, you know Gallagher's going to be a big star. He comes in here, he, you, people see him fighting for a, cha- a major championship in Madison Square Garden on a major car. And maybe put, like... That's huge with the Irish, too, you know? The sta- East Coast of America, it's stack crazy. Stack it. Stack that whole card like what they like they used to do. Uh, like, like, okay, perfect example. Last Madison Square Garden card. Aaron Pico, Adam Boric. Adam Boric was w- known to relative like hardcore fans. He gets on the MSG card with the all like Son and Machida, Rory McDonald, Dylan Dennis. They see him knock out Aaron Pico. All of a sudden, he's not only a big star. He's be- doing all the interviews. He's in the featherweight Grand Prix. He's he he was on the MMA Hour after he did it. Uh, st- uh, sorry, mate. Hey, he was on Eurobash before and after. He was on okay. Eurobash Thank before and after. So. I, stick Gallagher on MSG card for the Bantamweight Championship of the World. Why not? If he loses, he's still a former title contender, and he can not like that's it for him. It's so funny, yeah, because every time, like when he lost to Mandeas, people are like, "Oh, it's over now." You're like, "No, it's not." It's, <laughs> like Connor lost to Connor lost to Nate, and we're, he's still the biggest star in the UFC. Like, let him fight in America against like a big name opponent. Like, have him have MVP fight Douglas Lima on the card. Like, yeah. have. Who's a Brazilian prospect? I don't can't think of a Brazilian prospect at Bantamweight off the top of my head. Make him uh, like make him fight Gallagher. Do Brazil versus the UK, like Brazil mm. versus Europe, champion versus a contender. Do that. There's a, a narrative right there. I don't know. Yeah, but if they do a Bantamweight that's, tournament. That's what we thought it was going to be. That's yeah. like the thing is that's what we thought the European series was going to be, and it was sometimes like they had Patricky Pitbull versus Ryan Scope. They had Tim Elliott versus. Um, Brent Primus, they're doing Queely v Primus on this, but we thought we'd see a lot more of that. I thought all the main card would be pretty much like our elite guys who they have signed, in fairness to them, against like a good level, like guys who are at least on the radar in their divisions in the US, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, look, it's still doing a great job. I don't think you can argue with it that they've sold out every Irish show that they've done, but it is very much... Ireland is the jewel in the crown of that European series. They are not getting those numbers in London. They aren't getting those numbers in Birmingham. Only in Ireland are they selling out shows. Well, if they're going to do, I'd like to see, if they do a Bantamweight Grand Prix, Gallagher's obviously has to be in it. So, like, they that could just be how you build him to the championship anyway. I think a lightweight Grand Prix would be very beneficial solely because Patricio Pitbull, is, who's the featherweight champion, is in this featherweight Grand Prix. So, maybe they just have a number one contenders tournament, not just a like, you know how Rory McDonald and Patricio Pitbull are in the Grand Prix as champion? Let the lightweights mm-hmm. fight it out. The winner gets the million-dollar prize and everything and then fights for the championship. That's the other As long as it's not prize. his brother, right? Yeah, sure. Well, at the— It would be even cooler if it was his brother. <laughs> at the, uh, when he beat Michael Chandler, I was there, and at the press conference they made a joke, like, would you ever fight your brother? Uh, and he said, never. I'll, I'll vacate the title before I fight my brother. And then— Patricky in the back was like, I'll fight him for a millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. So that's what, like, they both laughed about it. She was like, yeah, I'll fight you for, like, $5 million. Like, so it was a joke. But I don't think that ever happened. But anyway, we're going to keep moving on. Two or false. Connor fights, Connor fights for the lightweight belt in 2020. So, and and I'll, add, I'll add this to it because he follows it up with a question. 
Connor fights with lightweight belt in 2020, but also if Tony beats Habib in April, Habib will almost certainly get an immediate rematch, which likely ties up the lightweight title for the rest of 2020. How does that impact the year of Gagey and Connor? Hang on, someone's ringing me. Um, I'll tell you what I think. The first part of the question is, will he fight for the title, right? I think he has a good chance of beating Cerrone. So do I. But I think the next step is Masvidal. very important. Because he's talking about Masvidal, yeah. and I just don't like that fight for him. I don't, and, um, I don't know how you could give him a lightweight title fight on the back of a loss to Masvidal. Mm-hmm. He hasn't won a fight at lightweight since Eddie Alvarez. You're right. That's, he hasn't won a fight, period, since Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. He's lost. <laughs> wow. Well. He, 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 he had a boxing match against Floyd Mayweather, and then he fought Habib. Those are his two fights. He had an exhibition boxing match. Yep. He had an exhibition which was, uh, sparring Which was real to draw. Also real to draw, because sure. that's how you do it with yep. exhibitions. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> But like I was looking at like the like the, some of the highest pay, like selling pay per views in the history of the UFC or UFC one ninety six Connor loses UFC two twenty nine Connor loses and then like one like the second highest selling pay per view in boxing history is Connor and Floyd and he loses so like three of the biggest selling pay per views ever are fights Connor has lost that's crazy isn't it yeah but he's like it shows you like at the end of the day he needs a win I think Cowboy's the perfect fight for him. Because Cowboy wins, like, yeah, you lost to the guy with all the, all the records. And if you beat Cowboy, yeah, you beat the guy with all the records. Do you, do you think, like, I mean, is it, does it feel big over there? Because I'm kind of like, I thought there'd be just more now. I thought there'd be already more. And, you know, I just don't know why they're not doing, like, I guess I, get, I, I can understand it slightly. But, I mean, I just don't get, like, it doesn't, it's not the same when he's doing it this way. When right. it's all quiet and all. Like, that's not what, that's not what was compelling people to him it was the fact that he was doing all the promotion he was so visible but he was also able to kind of have these amazing performances and i know look i know he's getting stretched i know it would you know it must be an unbelievable amount to take on but it's just a very different thing than it was when he was at the height of his career like people like you know i used to walk around man before mendez and aldo you'd be walking around dublin and everybody was going to the fight everybody like you'd be every 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 dickhead you went to school was going to the fight. It, like, and you're meeting them all over there. And it kind of stopped around the Diaz fight where it started be just becoming Americans dressed up as Irish people. Right. And I kept on saying this. And I kept on saying it when he's fighting Habib. I was like, be careful. Like, the Irish aren't coming. They aren't there. This is people either on J1s um, that are working over there for the summer. And all that, around that college age, it's perfect demographic to be coming to these fights. But... Every time I was there, and I haven't been there in a while, I was kind of like, this is less and less Irish people every single time. It's people pretend to be Irish people, you know? So, I don't know where I was going with that, but... Uh, they can't, I, I all, be, they can't all be Irish like you and me, Pizzi. They can't. They can't. That's right, my Celtic brother. Yeah, I told, my, I told my dad that, and he could not stop laughing. <laughs> what? Because he's like, yeah, we're from, like, I told him that... Uh, <laughs> Pizzi gave you a pass because we're from Westmeath and no one claims Westmeath. And my dad's like, yeah, that's true. No one I've ever talked to is like, yeah, Westmeath <laughs> is a place I want to go to. There's a there's an Irish pub. I'm going to just go to Westmeath today. There's an Irish pub in Rhode Island that the placemats or like are is the is the map of Ireland. And it has a location for all the what do you call it? Counties or whatever you call it. Yeah. Of a uh, tourist spot that you should go to in every county of Ireland. 
and the only one that doesn't have a location to go to is Westmeath Island. Oh, man, that's bad. And I'm trying to think of something you can do there, and I can't. <laughs> I to everyone I've talked to from Ireland, I go, oh, I'm from, like, my dad's from Meath. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's all like, that's my only experience with no, it. No, you're not even from Meath. Meath is just beside Dublin. You're from Westmeath. Yeah, that's yeah. Fucking... <laughs> like, way out there. But anyway, uh, that's it for Trumbo. Great questions for Trumbo. But moving on to staying with the theme of longtime commenters, Lodovic. Who's oh shit! Fo- who's all from all the way back from the Luke Thomas days? Happy yeah, New yeah. Year's, guys! Just for fun, could you please give us your guess for who's going to be UFC champion of each weight class by the end of 2020? All right, let me get the rankings out then. Also, we'll start at the bottom. Uh, flyweight, men's flyweight, or women's strawweight. As PT Carroll pulls up the rankings right now, I'm gonna just be very. Um... I'm going to just Euro the shit out of this just okay. to annoy people. Okay. That, that, that video we put up was so funny. People were like, I can't believe he's saying this. <laughs> so I'm going to guess. So I'll do this. I'm going to say you're going to say Joanna is going to be champion of the strawweight division by the end of 2020. Yeah, of course I am. Because that's what's going to fucking happen. I'm yeah. going to say Tatiana Suarez will be the champion by the end of 2020. <laughs> okay, mate. All right. Well, if, you get a stick, if you're going to Euro it, I'm going to pick the Mexican-American. <laughs> is that fair? Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. So, you're going to Peach is going to pick Joanna. Uh, women's flyweight. Champion remains European. Yeah, I think Valentina will stick stick with it. Uh, who do you think she fights though in 2020? After she's already scheduled to fight Callan Chukagan. Uh, there's Callan Chukagan and then there's Jojo, uh, Vivian Arujo just lost Jessica I. She's also out there. Uh, Macy Barber's one that you obviously have to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I th- like I think Jojo Calderwood is always going to be there or thereabouts. I think if she can put another couple of wins together, obviously the loss to Kagan has really knocked her back a bit, but it was an incredibly close fight. If Chukagan's right there and Joanna's, uh, I mean, sorry, Joanne Calderwood has just bounced back into the win column uh, when she beat Andrea Lee in Abu Dhabi. I feel like a couple more wins there and you're knocking on the door. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like that's going to be a problem for this division because Valentina's so dominant. Yep. It's going to be Anderson Silva of middleweight all over again. Uh, women's bantamweight. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's tough for the Europeans. <laughs> is there a European in the top 10? Um, Jana Kunitskaya? Yeah, Lena, I don't think that. Lena, uh, Lan- Lena Landsberg, is she from Europe? Yeah, she's from Sweden. Um, but come on. No, I'm not even going to be a fucking idiot there. It's just it's Amanda. Amanda's- yeah, come on. Uh, men's flyweight. I think Joey B, right? I would say so. Yeah, Joseph Benavidez, I think it's just the uncrowned champion. Uh, Figure eight is fucking class, though. He like, is. I mean. the, flyweight is fun. They, they got uh, Formiga still there. Uh, Pantoja, Brand Moreno had a phenomenal fight at uh, 235. Uh, who did he fight then? Kai Kara France. He was, that was an unbelievable fight. He's uh, really good, man. Like, Kara France is really, really good. And he's another one out of City Kickboxing guys. Yeah. Esther ha- actually thought that was the fight of the night, uh, but obviously it, the main event between Kamara and Pantoja. Yeah, I just Pantoja's said Pantoja. But Pantoja, Figueredo, and Edmonton, oh my God. When we were back there, me and Casey were just like, oh, they're dying. We're watching someone die. Because <laughs> they were just beating the soul out of each other. That was an um, that was an unbelievable I, fight. I'm not messing about this. I know I've, I'm a bit of a Euro shill, but Askar Askarov could be oh, fucking yeah. unbelievable. He's another like, one. He's deaf. He's oh, completely yeah. deaf. Really? He can't communicate with his corner. 
He's won like the national wrestling champions in, in Russia. Like, I mean, the, that's that's crazy. And his submission skills are out of this world. I think I saw him hit a twister before in, in ACB or something. Like he's he's, and they they know he's good because you can tell by the way they match him. I think he had a draw in his first fight. I forget who he who he got it was a tough fight though. And now he's fighting Tim Elliott on the same on the undercard of that McGregor card. So I'm really I can't wait to see that motherfucker fight live. Like I've been I've been dying to see him fight live. Uh, women's featherweight. <laughs> Is that a division? <laughs> I'm going to say Amanda Nunes is going to be the champion yeah. for as long as yeah. that division is alive. Uh, yeah. Men's featherweight. Or no, men's bantamweight. I know you're going to say Peter Yan. Peter Yan, exactly, yeah. Men's, I'm going to uh, also, uh, it's hard. I'm going to hold out because I don't know who Cejudo is going to fight next. If it's Aldo, I think Peter Yan. I'll say Peter well, Yan. You're not, really, you're not really involving yourself in the fun of this game then, really, are you? By saying, hang on a second, I don't want to pick that one because I don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen in any fucking division. I'll say, then I'll just pick against you because I want to, and I'll say Aljamain Sterling. All right, fuck you, Jose. <laughs> uh, men's featherweight. Zabi. Korean zombie. Zabit's European. <laughs> he is. He is. Uh, who else is European in this featherweight? No one really in the. T- no one really in the top fifteen, huh? Mirsad Bektik. Bektik is Bosnian, yeah. Yeah. What about Arnold Allen on a six-fight win streak, fighting Josh Emmett? Oh yeah, he's that's that's in Raleigh, right? That's, that's a correct, that's a yeah. good that's a banger of a fight. Or- that pissed me off. Like it's pissed me off because Josh Emmett and and. Um, what I just talking about the guy? How do I forget him already? Who was I just talking about? Josh Emmett and Arnold Allen. That should have been in London. Like that's should a brilliant have. fight for London, and also a brilliant fight in London is Nathaniel Wood and John Dodson. They're two perfect fights for London. And now, granted, I understand that Dodson went to Prague to fight Peter Yan, so we need to accept that that's doing a lot. But it's just like I'm seeing so many key guys that I would like to see on that London card put in different spots against really good opponents and i'm like why why are we why are you doing that there you know or these are like, the fights we're crying out for it's like why is holly holm not fighting not headlining the new mexico card yeah 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 why is Corey anderson and, Pete, and jan blachowicz who don't have ties to new mexico fighting in rio ranch in new mexico when they could just be on the same card as john jones and dominic reyes that'd be a great idea yeah and then that adds that actually adds to that main event way more having them there i was reading the i can't remember the the publication but like the the newspaper of albuquerque their headline in the sports section like the day after they announced uh john uh cory anderson and jan blackman says holly holm not headlining that meant her not headlining was the headline well that's the news yeah i mean that's that's that was their lead obviously you know that's crazy but it makes sense uh men's lightweight Habib. I'm going to say. T. TF. Uh, oh, man, that's tough. Tony no, Ferguson. Oh, I think it's tough. Sean El Shadi is adamant. Oh, Sean El Shadi is going to slap me for even saying that. Yeah, yeah he's, been, uh, he's been saying Tony Ferguson is the uncrowned champion for a long time. Can't wait to read his tweets that night. You're gonna, you're, you'll be in, like. I hope I'm there. I hope we're both there. Yes, and I'll be there. Um, Brian, we already made that agreement, mate. Uh, men's welterweight. That this one is where it gets really hard. Uh, Leon Edwards. 
man. It's hard not to pick Ty- uh, Tyron Woodley. It's hard not to pick Leon Edwards for me. Woodley Edwards, they have to fight. Colby it's got to be happen. like I mean, it's such a tease at this point. You're like, come on, like I mean, in fairness, right? Like two months ago, I was talking about this on Eurobash that it's either going to be Leon Edwards, Tyron Woodley, or Jack Hermanson until, and then people are like, you know, we're, we're talking about articles saying, oh, that's what they're targeting. Two months ago, we were talking about this, lads. Come on, just make it happen. You know what I mean? Right. And then Leon slagging Tyron's raps, and Tyron's like, hang on a second, mate. If you're going to be slagging my raps, I won't sign the contract. That's so stupid. You guys are fighters. Like. <laughs> What first of all, about? first of all, Tyron Willie puts out a hip hop album, which I haven't listened to yet. Uh, and then, so this guy is a hip hop artist slash professional fist fighter. And not only does this guy talk junk, and then this guy that is supposedly he's gonna fist fight talks junk about his 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 rap career. A, either a battle rap him and drop a disc ta- disc track, or fist fight him, or do both, or better yet, come out with a disc track and walk out to it. Here, my Leon is friends with some of the best rap artists in Birmingham. Like, I ben, mean, like, here's I mean, what they are fucking really good. Like, I mean, they're really um, under the radar. It's a real movement going on there at the moment because obviously London's always been well known with, with their scene, but Birmingham over the last couple of years is really emerging, and I'm sure that Leon knows these guys because he's always interacting with them. So I, I feel like, yeah, you got, you got. It, it, there's a lot of beautiful things going on in that in that matchup, and um. Including the rap dynamic, so it just needs to happen. I speaking of and look, look what happened last time. Look what like Woodley needs to look at it on the flip side. When he's looking at this, I'm sure he wants more money, which he should get. I hope he does get it. But he needs to look at Masvidal launched launched his whole 2019 crusade from knocking out the guy in the main event yeah. of UFC London. You're gonna have that same opportunity. You're probably gonna be the betting favorite as well. Hundred percent. I actually, so, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot to gain there. Just look at what Masvidal did to Till, and look at the ships it launched. There was so many ships launched off that fight for for Ari Masvidal. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of British rap, uh, who is it? Darren Stewart and I always have a long conversation about his his entrance music because at UFC okay. 238 in Chicago, he walked out to Skepta, and I love Skepta. And me and our mutual friend Oscar Willis uh, were sitting backstage, and we both kind of looked, and we both looked at each other like, this cat's walking out to Skepta right now. He's all, he's already one of my favorite fighters of all time. And then he fought in Boston against Duran Wynn, and he walked out to, I didn't recognize it, but the song Darren Stewart walked out to is called Habib Time. Uh, and it's a, like it's about... Is it Dave? Dave? The, oh, the rapper? The rapper his, name, Dave. his name is Bonkus. I don't know. I don't didn't either, but he's like, his name is Bonkers. He comes out of the song called Habib Time, and he picks that song because Duran Wynn is teammates with Habib at AKA. Yeah, and it's same location. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, the beginning of the song starts with, I'll fight you in Russia, Brooklyn, New York, Ireland, just send location. That's how the song starts. And the UFC cut that out of the song on uh-huh. the entrance. And, and he's like, and Dar- Darren Stewart was like, they just hate British people. Like, why do they do this to us? Like, they, he was like very annoyed, but he was like happy that someone like heard the music. Yeah, there's but, great, there's great UK rappers now. Unbelievable. Um, I think that's like I'm really into old music, so I feel like the only part that, like, I mean, I'm I'm wrong about this, I'm sure, but I feel like the only part you can see real evolution in music in a mainstream sense is probably rap music at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Because the, the the rock music that's making it into the charts and the mainstream stuff isn't actually challenging the the the, 
the you know the whole genre of music whereas the rappers are constantly even though i don't like some of the stuff they're doing with the auto tuning and the mumbling and stuff like that at least they're they always seem to be trying to evolve it or move it on to something else and i don't see it in every other mainstream genre well shout out to skepta and stormzy because they yeah they fucking rule i don't like to swear on this six show. seven Got, listen to six seven as well they're yeah, really good yeah, yeah. they're a group yeah stormzy speaking stormzy's like six seven in real life that dude is tall that's like the tallest human being i've ever seen as a musician jay cole's yeah. like six four but stormzy's a tall cat speaking yeah, of is. great music um kamara uzman walked out to burner boy who's a nigerian musician oh my god i got so hyped during that entrance like in, did you internally. see that did you see it was one of Stoilbender's earlier fights and wale the oh, yeah. the nigerian rapper made he, he didn't actually it's not the the song isn't about Stoilbender, but he made a cool little kind of video of him rapping this song about greatness with with, with Stoilbender on it and it was really cool i can't remember what what the, what it was called but it was brilliant and i can remember at the time Stoilbender was like well well he's like uh, doing this stuff for me and i was like in about a year's time, mate, that's it's going to be nothing for you. That is going to be regular. <laughs> and stick, sticking with the theme, who will be champion of the middleweight division by the end of 2020? Oh, uh, Darren Taylor, Jack Armanson, I'd imagine. <laughs> Captain Crystal, Jared Cannonier. Yes. <laughs> An honorary European. But listen, I love Izzy. Uh, I don't want to. I so, do too. I mean, fellow fellow weeb. So shout out to my fellow weeb, Izzy, but... Captain Chris. Well, it's magic, you know. Like, he, like I mean, when you, we were in Melbourne for that fight, it was like we're witnessing the the beginning of something amazing here. And I know there's been some false alarms, like this is the era of the dragon, Leota Machida. Meh. But I feel like uh, I th- I think Izzy's gonna do magic things. I I can't wait till he fights Darren Till. If that ever happens, that will be fantastic. There's still a lot of Should fights he has. Like, Dar- I want that Darren Till fight. I know all Europe wants that Darren Till fight. He's got Romero, he's got Costa, and he could have J- Jared Cannonier too. Like all of those. Well, I mean, Costa those... for a year though, right? Like, I mean, he's out for the goods of a year, Costa, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he, he if the end of twenty twenty, that fight could happen. Maybe the beginning of twenty twenty one. If they give Till a big spot in London and he wins, uh, they, they, well, they, if, they're going to want to make that fight. Like, if Jared Cannonier goes out there and just crushes Robert Whitaker, like, which is no, which is could happen. He did it to fucking Jack in, in Copenhagen. Yeah, like if so, if Jared and and the thing that he Jared Cannonier, I know we like to joke about Captain Krills and stuff. The thing that he has actually has going for him is after Israel Asanya beat Robert Whitaker, he's like, they asked him like, who else do you have your eye on besides Costa? And he's like, and oh, he's yeah. like, yeah, and they and they were like Jared, that guy. I like that guy. He's a really cool guy. So the fact that the champion is already saying your name kind well, of putting- gives you a bump. He actually that's that's another thing that showed us how how great Izzy is is the fact that he really put a lot of heat on a guy nobody was really talking about yeah. and since then I feel like his stock elevated because he realizes that I need killers to fight me for me to do what I want in this sport but I was kind of as well I was thinking about poor Jack Armanson at home watching that press conference and going duh <laughs> Well, like he 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 didn't need to fight Cannonier in Copenhagen. He did that like just to show I'll fucking do anything I can. And then you you get all your momentum taken away, and now the newly crowned champ who's gone viral all over the world is like, hey, do you know that guy that knocked you out? Really like him. <laughs> well, Edmund Edmund Shabazian's on the rise too. Middleweight is fun, man. Edmund Middleweight's a lot like Uriah Hall's doing things. Like Brad Tavares just got not Edmund Shabazian knocked out Brad Tavares when Izzy couldn't in five rounds. And that's a great style matchup. You that's a I mean? fun like, wow. fight. That Shaboyzin and Till is another great fight. Oh. Middleweight is qu- quietly becoming one of the most exciting uh, 
divisions in the UFC. But uh, who will be the light heavyweight champion in the Jan Blakovich. Not not the returning Alexander Gustafsson. One of them. <laughs> what about Vulcan no, be, Vulcan Ostemir, who's just coming off a win over Alexander Ratchik? He, he's there, and so is Rakic. Anyone really with that uh, EU membership, I'm, I'm willing to say they're he, he, knocking on the door. He lives, <laughs> Nikita Krylov, then too. Right there, right, right there. there just, yep, right there. Right. Uh, but I feel like it's Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jones. Is- <laughs> it's gonna be John Jones. Uh, heavyweight. Here, it is actually a disaster for that division if Jones goes to heavyweight and yeah. stays there. Yeah. Well, we probably said that about Anderson Silva, and look what middleweights become. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, heavyweight, Francis Ngannou. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, and, and I'm saying Francis Ngannou because he's French, not from Cameroon. French. I think Francis Ngannou, <laughs> I think Francis Ngannou will... Well, it's, it's really, like I said before, like by the end of 2020, it might be hard considering Stipe is still hurt. So if Stipe doesn't fight till late in the year, we might only have one title fight. So I think Daniel Cormier could very easily beat Stipe in the trilogy. Um, and then all of a sudden, Daniel Cormier is the greatest heavyweight again. Because after he knocked out Stipe, everyone crowned Daniel Cormier as the greatest heavyweight of all time. And then as soon as Stipe knocks out Daniel Cormier, everyone crowned Stipe the greatest heavyweight of all time. So I do think this fight between Stipe and uh, Cormier could determine who the greatest heavyweight in UFC history is. Uh, but then you have, Ng- I think, Nganu, after he fights Jairzinho, which is not an easy task, will eventually be the champion. I don't know if it'll be in 2020, but it may be 2021. It just depends on when Stipe Iggy, returns. Iggy Boy could just go in and fucking wreck everything, couldn't he? He could. He absolutely could. Oh, man. He's a funny... I mean, I, I think, I, think I, member, I like his... a member of Team Crystal. Oh, yeah. I was going to do... What's my... Give him one of these. <laughs> Stupid. I'm trying to make it look less cumbersome, but it's not working. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Every time you say anything about crystals, I'm just gonna. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's all the divisions, isn't it? Yep, that's all the divisions. We're gonna hop over to Twitter. Uh... Oh, some lads were getting in an argument there under the Ask the Questions point. Oh, I think so because I was trying to like look. Oh, what's the questions? And then fucking lads just, you know, in the crying all right, other. from. Gerardo at JCDULOS1. In the second round of Dustin v. Habib, I don't know why he gave Dustin the top billing, uh, so I'm going to say Habib v. Dustin. <laughs> Dustin had a decent flurry of punches, making Habib retreat backwards. Do you think this is a good way for Tony to beat Habib to keep the pressure, to keep moving forward? Tony for sure has the cardio to do it. So, yes. Is the key to beating Habib Nurmagomedov, which has never been done, to put pressure on him? <laughs> I think the the thing that I feel that Tony will do better than anyone has is, is going to be able to engage him while while Habib is smothering him because it, well, he actually did it against Poirier better than I've ever seen him do it against anyone. Whereas if he wasn't punching him in the face, he was trying to choke him. Like I mean, there was not a second that Poirier could do anything where it wasn't defending himself. Like he had no energy to punch him. Because he's like, I have to get this fucker off my neck. I have to get him off my back. He's taking me down. And I think Tony's going to have a better answer for that. Like, he has real quirky um, he has real quirky movements. And he real real weird approaches to scrambles. Like, th- like if you watch some of his scrambles, it makes no sense how he gets out on top sometimes. Yeah. It's like, how the fuck did he just do that? And I think that's the only thing, like a complete anomaly 
uh, in terms of grappling is going to be able to cause him problems there because that's that's what I was I was cage side for that Poirier fight and I was watching it going like this is a fucking this is like watching like something on National Geographic you know what I mean like yeah. he's all over like there's nothing I, I could tell Poirier like nothing anyone can tell Poirier to do because he's doing the right thing he's trying to get, stop him from beating the shit out of him basically and trying to choke him and stuff he's doing everything that he should be doing but it's just it's just not enough he just can't can't do anything to him everybody knows what Habib's gonna do no, no one's like I wonder what he's gonna do this time he's gonna fucking just march you down and then take you down and make your life a misery until you say I don't wanna fucking do this anymore well I'm, and That's pretty- I, it's this is why this fight is so I can't think of another word but awesome is like Habib's <laughs> Habib's greatest strength is his top game in his wrestling and Tony Ferguson is one of the best fighters I've ever seen fight off his back. Like he beat yeah. he beat Danny Castillo completely off his back. And then Kevin Lee Castillo's a savage wrestler. Savage wrestler Castillo. <laughs> and then when he fought Kevin Lee, who's no slouch at wrestling and is one of savage. the he's an unbelievable fighter. People just kind of yes, he lost to Al, yes, he lost to RDA, but he Kevin Lee is an unbelievable fighter. Who had staff infection, got Tony in full mount. It was, and I don't think it was close to finishing the fight. And then gets choked out from the bottom. And then at the, after the fight, Kevin Lee was like, "I've never fought someone who's that that skilled with his elbows off his back. Like he would get on top, and Tony was just throwing elbows and like punches from from off his back. And Kevin Lee was like, "They did a lot of damage to me." So this is why this fight is so good because both of their strengths play completely into the other one's strengths. Yeah, and I agree with you. Like, I mean, I even feel like RDA's submission to Kevin Lee is one of the best submissions of the year because Kevin Lee is so good on the ground. Yeah. Same as Moya and Askren. It's like the level of opponent. It shows you so much when someone's able to submit a guy like that. From Sean Denny, from at Denny Rants. Uh, Denny, 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 Denny. Sean Denny. Denny's got good taste. What cities do you want to see the UFC hit up in 2020? I'm assuming... Amsterdam. Ma- Ask what? I mean, Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah you would. It's because it's beautiful canals, um, the home of Heineken. What else do they do there? I, <laughs> that'd be fun. Stick Jermaine on that car. Stick Alistair Overeem on that car. That'd be a fun time. Get Musasi back. <laughs> uh, I've been saying Providence, Rhode Island forever just because that's my hometown. And the UFC's never been. I think Rhode Island is one of the few states that's never had a UFC event. I really want to see the UFC in Paris next year. If yeah. they get it legalized, that would be amazing. Um, I'd love to see the um, UFC. Morocco, like Africa. Yeah, because that's, that's – from what everyone's saying about that whole situation, that would be the best place to do it logistically because yeah. they have experience putting on these big events in terms of an African country. Um, I want to see them go to Puerto Rico really bad. Uh, Will I you just me out for that? Yeah. Just what? They, they'll have to fly me out for that right. like you know what i mean uh i think but, I, mean, I told imagine the budget i'd need for like just sun cream <laughs> it would be fucking ridiculous <laughs> it costs more than a flight to keep me in sun cream <laughs> they, i know i spoke with um jorge masvidal at 239 before he fought asker and i asked him like because the ufc i guess wants to build a pi maybe somewhere make possibly uh and i asked him about that and jorge masvidal had no idea and he's like are you kidding me like the ufc wants to hold an event in puerto rico i go yeah he goes I'm there. Like he doesn't care who he fights. He goes, I have to fight there because he's obviously Wait, Leon Edwards. He's Cuban, and the UFC's not going to Cuba anytime soon. So if they go to Puerto Rico, they have to. They have to bring Jorge Masvidal. They have to bring Anthony Pettis. 
Resign Eddie Alvarez, bring him back. Uh, they got to <laughs> put Puerto Rican fighters on, or like people from that part of the world. Uh, I'd like to see them do a lot more in South America, outside of like where they've already been. Like they've been to mm-hmm. Uruguay and Argentina, I'd like Argentina, Chile. Uh, I'd like to see them do more there, a lot more maybe in Central America, more cities in Mexico. Um, El Paso would be cool, I think, because I could go and see my family. They have a pretty. They have. They have one of the. I heard El Paso, Texas is the has more has is the most populated city in America that doesn't have a major sports team. So if that's true, that's pretty impressive because it's a major city in Texas. It's also a border town, so you can put a lot of Mexican fighters on that card. Like why oh, they went was- why they went to Hidalgo, Texas instead of El Paso <laughs> is beyond me. I only know that the Mars Volta come from El Paso, Texas. That's the only thing I know about El Paso, Texas. And Eddie Guerrero went is from El Paso, Texas. Your favorite professional wrestler of all time. Oh yeah. Love him. Yep. R.I.P. <laughs> Eddie Alvarez. Uh, but Providence, yes. Rhode Island, for sure. Uh, it's just too. Cl- it's only like forty-five minutes from Boston, they, so there's no way they would go. Uh, what's yeah. the, from Andy Stevenson? Uh, Andy. Andy yeah. Steve one two three. What's the best fight or fights to watch that fans may not have seen before? Speci- and then specifically for you, PT, any Irish ones come to mind? Um, Phil Mulpeter v. Um, John Donnelly. Um, <laughs> Own Roddy B. Shannon Gilbert is a real seminal moment in Irish MMA history. It's when uh, we realized that, you know, our guys can take on elite guys who had been in the UFC. Brilliant fight, really dramatic fight. Uh, Roddy's literally in a rear naked choke of Gilbert's wow. for the whole first round. His face is going purple and he's just like not going out, like just st- barely staying there. Comes back, boxes the head off Gilbert out in rounds two and three and wins. It's a controversial decision for some people, but a really good fight. Um, I would. Like, Joseph Duffy and Conor McGregor's a huge fight. I've never watched that back in the day. Just the way it happened, McGregor's this meteoric star. Duffy's the the established, the elder statesman, say, at that lightweight division. Just hit, eats one punch, takes him immediately down, submits him. That's really cool. Um, but there, um, there's loads of brilliant fights I'm not thinking of here. Um, I've been put on the spot. Um, but, yeah, th- th- I'd say one of the best fights ever is, is Mulpeter v. Donnelly, if you want to watch that. And Mulpeter v. Richard Gorey as well is another brilliant fight. Speaking but, of that, um, in terms of fights that I thoroughly enjoyed that I bet a lot of people that just got into MMA over the last few years haven't watched, uh, Kong Lee and Frank Shamrock. I loved that. Wow. From yeah, the strike when, when uh, Frank uh, Kong Lee was still undefeated and uh, broke uh, Frank Shamrock's arm with like a spinning back kick. Like he blocked it and then you literally see Frank Shamrock just go, oh my God. And it's like, then the round ends and he's like, my arm is shattered. Uh, and then the very next fight, Kung Lee fought Scott Smith, and Kung Lee got knocked out. And then the next fight, they rematched. Remember that when he got knocked out for the first time, people were like, oh, my God. So Kung Lee, Scott Smith won, and then Kung Lee gets knocked out, and then they immediately rematch. And then Kung Lee beats Scott Smith by TKO with a spinning back kick and then follows it up with punches. Those three fights, if Kung Lee did that in the UFC, he would be one of the biggest stars in the history of the UFC. Just those string mm-hmm. of those string of fights. And then his very next fight was against Vanderlei Silva. Um, and on that, you know why that fight, that car, that fight gets lost in the shuffle is because that fight happened on the same card uh, as D, uh, Hendo Shogun won, and the wow. same night of Eddie Alvarez Michael Chandler. So I remember watching Vanderlei Kong Lee, and I was like, "This fight rules." And then later that night, we see uh, arguably the greatest fight in the history of the UFC. That fight card also had uh, Uriah Faber and Brian Bulls. I remember mm. that fight card. And it's also, and you know, at the same time, was it was that the one that Chandler and, yeah. and Alvarez uh, is going down across the country? Oh yeah, Florida, oh, Hollywood, yeah. Florida. That all that card also had um, 
Ryan Bader beat Jason Brills, I think, by knockout. And Stefan Bonner fought Kyle Kingsbury, former ASU um, Good fights to watch. Go back and watch that uh, that low heavyweight tournament or the middleweight tournament, whatever it was. Vandalay, Chuck, Alistair Overeem, yep. Shogun. That's amazing. The, that so 2005 2005 2005 to me it was the greatest year a single fighter had there's two 2005 shogun when he ran through that tournament be like a bunch of hall of famers and then wins the pride grand prix and then um john jones in 2011 when he beats bader shogun rampage machida all in one calendar year those are the two best izzy this year was ultra impressive and is he? Yeah. But I still put those two slightly above him. Even mm. Connor's run when he knocked out Mendez and knocked out Aldo, like I still like the. If hey, he, you're forgetting. You're forgetting Dennis Siever there, mate. Yes. Okay, that was in the same calendar year. Sure. Don't be ridiculous. But Fucking the hell. 2005 Shogun, just go look at who he beat. That's unbelievable. Like that's one of the greatest run of fights I've ever seen in my entire life. But John Jones 2011 is way up there too. And great thing to watch that I used to uh, that I've done before is. Watch Nick Diaz's run in Strike Force when yeah. everybody's trying to get him to the UFC and he's fighting like daily. He, he's fighting just, just so many good fights during that period. Uh, brilliant to watch. I, I've always loved that guy. Watching, um, I'm trying to think of other fights. Go and watch BJ Penn and Joe Stevenson. Just look how good he was. Like he was, and or Diego Sanchez v BJ Penn. Just, just imagine that this is Diego Sanchez at the very peak of his power. He was untouchable, and then watch what uh, BJ Penn did to him that night. Like, stuff like that's re- always cool to watch because sometimes we forget, right? Like, with everything that's going on with BJ, you, you forget, like, how, how, how absolutely amazing he was. Um, Who was the fighter that, remember he called out Barack Obama in his post-fight press conference or post-fight interview? He was speaking with Joe oh, Rogan. He goes, who do you want to fight? And, he and the, he's like, Obama or something like that. Or it might have been Ariel. I can't remember. Oh, was it Jacob Volkman? for president. Volkman. Yeah, so Volkman Bobby President. Green, Jacob Volkman. That was a fun one because Volkman, similar to Owen Roddy, like he was just getting t- controlled the whole time. And then Bobby, yeah. and like they're so polar opposite. Like Jacob Volkman's like very much like I, he he called out Obama. He said Obama can shove his like head up his ass and this and that. And then Bobby Green comes in with like head tattoos and like piercings right here. Uh, and then Volkman like controls him. And then Bobby Green just taps him with a rear naked choke. And then Volkman gets cut. The very next, like right away, and and Dana White was like, Bobby Green will have a job in the UFC for a long time after that performance. That's a fun one. Um, uh, Melvin, here's the one: Robbie Lawler v. Melvin Manoff. Just watch oh, how many that's leg a kicks. Great one. He eats. He's getting kicked in the leg, and his leg is actually coming up and nearly hitting him in the head. His leg is red raw, and then of course the best. Just to to finish it the way he did, then is just unbelievable. That's a great fight. Watch that, that one. That is. And we've talked about this a good bit. Joanna v. Jessica Penne back in the day. Joanna v. Those are just, unbelievable. Those are just unbelievable performances. Performances, yeah. Um, who um, did Dennis Bermudez fight at 157? Was that Matt Grice? The one that got oh, in a car? He, I, I'm not good with remember names. He got in a car accident, and now he can't fight anymore. That fight, oh, man, who was that? I'm going to look it up. I was there for that. That was the yeah, first. Check. That was the Ronda card. Uh Ronda Carmouche and then uh, Machida Henderson was also on that card. It was Matt Grice. I was right. That fight was unbelievable. Uh, and that was one of the times when at backstage when Ariel was interviewing people that he interviewed both of them at the same time uh, because that fight was just absolutely bananas. 
Um, what else is a good was one? Bermudez v, was Bermudez v. Stevens on the 189 card very good and people just don't yeah, remember it? No, because... that was a good card. That fu- Every yeah. fight on that main card was good. That also had Almeida Matt Brown Pickett. and who? Matt Brown and who else? Um, what, who no, Matt fight? Brown was the featured prelim against uh, Tim Means. That was fucking wild as well. The yeah. prelims weren't that great outside of that. Like Cody Garbrandt was on yeah. that card. Uh, it was slow. Yeah, I remember it was like, fuck, this isn't happening. And then, and then, and then, the Matt, and then Matt Brown, uh, Tim Means was the featured prelim. And then I believe Pickett Almeida was kicked off the pay-per-view. And then Bermudez, uh, Stevenson, and then Gunner. Um, Moya. Nope. That was 194. Uh, oh, it was the dude he dropped with the left hook and then choked him out. Um, John. Nope. Thatch. That, uh, Thatch. Brandon Thatch. Brandon yeah, Thatch, yeah. yeah. Uh, that fight was uh, Benson Henderson Brandon Thatch that's a good fight Benson Henderson coming up because Brandon Thatch was yes. a massive welterweight he went up to 170 and then signed for Bellator right no he right? went up to 170 and then fought a few more times and then signed with Bellator that's when he was trying to like because he fought Masvidal at 170 in South Korea I believe that was right. his last fight uh, in the UFC um, May Yamaguchi and Angela Lee is a great oh, fight unbelievable one too uh, Holloway yeah. Holloway versus uh, Leonard Garcia was good um, what's the old Lang Zion fight on one was it last year was it the, when he fought for the heavyweight title or the, not the Brandon Vera fight he had an epic fight there Re, um, is that what's the name to do with the champion the heavyweight champion the Burmese oh Python? yes yes uh, that, I can't remember but he just uh, won I think he won international fighter of the year yeah he's fucking quality he won light heavyweight heavyweight title the Brandon Vera fight was really good as well Duho Choi, Cub Swanson comes to mind. Um, oh, did I not get fucking that? Hey, good list, bro, but it should have that. I'm like, yeah, I fucking watched it. Did you get me? Like, yeah. I can only pick 10, these dickheads. Um, Aldo Mendez, too, is one of the great. might be the greatest featherweight fight I've ever seen. That hurt me the most, not including that. That hurt me the most. Why? That hurt me the most. Did, that, was that, on, was just, that wasn't on your list? That wasn't on it. Oh, no. And I was like... <sighs> Everything about that fight was so exciting. McGregor's looming in the background watching it. And do you remember, like, Mendez is in the Ascensi in the first round, and then Aldo just plants him at the very end of the round, and it was arguably after the bell, and then from then on, the fight just was, like, fucking... You, get McGre- you see McGregor the whole time, because they flew him from Rio. They flew yeah. him to Rio and gave him his own embedded. And he's, like, yeah. going just insane. And at the end, he's like, I can't even talk trash. That fight was so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you remember, look... Height of his career, very visible, commenting in front of the media, talking to people. It's like it's a big part of his his the fascination with McGregor is his bond with the general public, and we just don't see that anymore. Uh, GSP Conda is the one I'll end with because everyone talks about like GSP Hendricks, GSP Bisping, like the BJ Penn fights and everything. But GSP Conda, GSP was very close to losing that fight when he got head kicked, uh, and Conda uh, jumped him. Uh, there's an unbelievable photo that Esther took. Uh, of yeah, the I moment... think about the press conference. No, well, there's that one, but there's the moment that Condit, because you know, you remember that moment when Condit clipped George and he fell. <gasps> yeah, um, there's a moment when Con- she captures the kick, but it's not the kick landing. It's the kick is like right here, like right next to his head. And you see GSP looking out the corner of his eyes. Like, he just sees oh, it at no. the last second. Because if you watch that, he kind of does this, like, kind of quickly. and But it still, so it, like, hits him like that. But if he doesn't get his hand up, he's dead. Like, that to cap, <laughs> like, he's knocked unconscious. 
So you see him like this, and you kind of see him like, oh, and then he kind of puts his hand out like last second. I, that's not that's one of the a more underrated photo that Esther took. Yeah, uh, I think TJ Dominic Cruz was unbelievable too. Uh, that's that was the, wild. That was just that was just a very. Skilled and then do you remember matchup. TJ just was like, TJ was like right there, and then he just disappeared. John for so long he was out like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Mad. But we're gonna end that one. So, but. But quickly, because we teased a little bit, you don't have to get too much into it because we'll do our end of the year. Fighter of the year. All right. Fighter of the year. It's either Izzy or uh, Jorge. And the reason I'm picking Jorge is because Ooh. of the cultural ramifications of his run. It was bigger in terms of it got more people that knew nothing about the sport watching MMA, engaged in MMA. And um, I know that you could argue the same with Stoilbender and the Nigerian influence, stuff like this. But I, I just feel like Masvidal because he had been around for so long and pretty much in and out not really not really driving that much interest to go from that like a, a pretty much an average fighter in the UFC to the biggest one of the biggest fighters in the UFC within it within a year is absolutely unbelievable and that's why I'm picking him I'm picking Izzy because I'm looking at it from like an athletic perspective I think Anderson Kelvin oh yeah Anderson Kelvin Whitaker is a slightly better resume than Till Askren Nate but look at the way he did it against Askren until compared to like Izzy had not a amazing he had the fight against fight, He had the greatest title fight in the history know, of the UFC and then crushed Robert Whitaker. Yeah, I know. And then but, beat the greatest middleweight of all time. Not a great fight. No, but it also has my. <laughs> well, it was actually I actually really liked it. So I loved I. the all the the showmanship in that fight. People hated it. Believe me, They're I said stupid. I really enjoyed that. That has my favorite, like, my favorite oh, photo of all time is in the yeah, history of sport is when he does the rock leap pose to the greatest middleweight ever. That's my so, yeah. Uh, my fighter. My, my favorite picture in the history of MMA is when me and Casey were at the breakfast buffet in Abu Dhabi. I saw that one. It's, it's big it was, moment it was, in the sports history. Yeah, I like, but that kind of transcends MMA, so I don't really, <laughs> I don't really put it in the same category. Middle Eastern yeah. croissants. Uh, <laughs> Uh, knockout of the year. I think that's pretty easy. Yeah, it's 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 Masvidal on uh, Askren. Submission of the year. Um, I went for Brent Primus. Gogo Platting. Yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. That was my pick. That was number one for yeah. me. Uh, and then Bryce Mitchell second yeah, with the twister. Go twister. Uh, and then we're into Moya on Askren because of how high level that fight is. RDA on Lee. Like, that was in my top five, genuinely, just because I knew it would be so hard. Serkinov's Peruvian necktie was ultra-impressive, too. Oh, shit. Uh, especially for a guy that size, man. A Peruvian necktie is really hard to, 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 to land into really well and tight. So, yeah, that um, was really I good as well. Was it uh, Charles Oliveira over uh, one of the Tamer brothers? I always get Daniel and David mixed up. Uh, but he, he like, dropped him and then sunk in the standing guillotine. But he didn't get the standing guillotine. Like, he grabbed it and then he, like, snapped him down. That was ultra impressive, too. Um, was it this year that the Suvlev stretches went? No, that was, Al- that was last year. That was last year. That, that, that was, was crazy. Uh, Both of those guys, Aljo and Zabit, on the same list on the same night. That was two, the same submission. That was 228. That was Till Woodley. That was fucking good. Um, fight of Not the a year. great night for Europe. Fight, Not a great fight of the year. Who did I pick for this? Um, I think it's Izzy Kelvin. Oh, it's obvious. It's Izzy. Izzy and like I, I think that's one of the greatest fights ever. You know, um, I put it as number two in the fights of the decade. Really? And people are like, recency bias, and I was like, fuck you. Watch it again. Watch it again. Beside all those other ones, watch it again. 
And you know, the number two fight of the year was on that same card. Yeah, Holloway and fucking. So that's but the reason. That's so yeah. I did event of the year, and that fight two thirty six, I believe, was my event of the year because of those two. But also had yeah. great like like uh, Khalil like Khalil Roundtree like Bangkok already Khalil Roundtree just like stalking Eric Anders down and just beating the soul out of him was impressive. Like there were a lot of great fights on that card, and then I think it was. 239 was number two. That was Jones Smith. I mean, Jones Santos, Nunez, Holly, Jan, was- Rockhold, Askren, uh, Masvidal. That was a great card, yeah. That was a fucking great card. And then card. I took, I stuck 244 number three because I don't know many sitting U.S. presidents that have ever been to a UFC event. Yeah. Uh, and so the fact that that kind of did transcend into the pop culture with The Rock being there, Donald Trump being there, that it might not have been the best main event in terms of athletic competition, but that time stopped for that event like that. And also Canelo, his fight was paused until the fight was over. That's yeah, that's insane. But I can remember just having a very uneasy feeling as I'm seeing the rock coming out with that belt and just going, what the fuck? Is, what is this? I know what the but fuck people is loved this? it. And then cage Warriors. But I, I got over it. I got cage Warriors night of champions is number four for me. That's great. Amazing. 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 Uh, like one of the most amazing scenes in a fight you've ever seen where they have to stop it. There's so much fucking blood on the ground. There was a, I then, wrote it. I turned. I said it turned into a violent slip and slide. Yeah. You know, like afterwards when I knew, I always know it's something special when, say like when we were away with Casey and Esther, when two of the most experienced people in the game are like, what the fuck was that about? And that's what it was like. Everyone in UK MMA was just outside that medical room. Houston pissing blood. Dalby pissing blood. And we're all just like, what the fuck just happened there, man? What the fuck did we just watch? <laughs> uh, Mark Goddard was like to me, uh, he goes, absolutely ridiculous. I've never seen anything like, do you know when Mark Goddard is like, what the fuck? And he was the same with uh, Izzy and uh, Izzy and Gaslam's match. If you actually watch that, it's the most uncharacteristic thing you'll ever see Goddard do. At the end, they just like embrace each other because it's time is up in the fight. And Goddard usually stay very close to make sure nothing pops off. But he just sees them hug each other. And it's like he's so exhausted. He's just like, oh, get me away from this. Because <laughs> you remember at the end, like yeah, he's watching yeah, yeah. that fight so closely. Like you just see, he's like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> um, breakthrough fighter of the year. Peter Yan. It's him or Jairzinho, I think. It's one of those two. So it's Peter Yan. All right. I'm going to say Jairzinho because he's on Team Crystal. That's a good point. You don't know if Piotr doesn't like Crystals. We don't know that. Get on it. You're a journalist. Let's text him now. You're a journalist. <laughs> Do you like Crystals? Macy Barber, right Macy Barber has to be up there for me too. Yeah, fuck yeah. She's, uh, she's been – she's like just the fact that people – like when she fights, people either hate her or love her. Um <laughs> I think a knockout of the fighter of the year, I think Patricio Pitbull and Douglas Lima, you have to mention over in Bellator. Knockout of the year, Douglas Lima over MVP, you have to kind of put on a short list. Oh, yeah, that was on my five. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like uh, That fight was fun. Um, there's been a lot of phenomenal. 2019 was a good year for MMA. Yeah, it really was. Um, and, you know, it moved on from the Conor and Habib thing. And, Really, when that happened, I was like, we're never going to get over this in Ireland anyway. Like, I mean, they were just like, this sport is a fucking joke. Like, the way he's promoted, that's disgusting. I mean, what what the hell? You're letting this guy, an Irish man, speak to a guy like that. It's it's absolutely disgusting. We hate this whole thing. And I'm like, well, my livelihood 
is taking a big knock here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's 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 like the the scourge of sport in Ireland as far as uh, like after yeah. that that event happened and to see how it bounced back. Bellator selling out shows here. You know, new stars emerging, new gyms emerging in the country like Team KFE and Gary, all those guys. I mean, it, it's been a great year, a, a way better year than I could have expected, even for me personally in the industry, than I, than anyone than I could have expected at the beginning of the year. I'm looking at a few of the comment section. Uh, someone says I'm picking Volkanovski for Fighter of the Year. Not a bad pick. Beats. Yeah, I've seen a few people say that actually. Beats uh, Mendez. Did he fight Mendez in 2019? Yeah, I think so. Or was it the end of 2018? Well, regardless, beating Aldo and fate like beating Aldo and uh, uh, such a Holloway. hipster shout though, isn't it, Volkanovski? Right. Relax, lads. Stop right. being hipsters, fuck's sake. Right. It's either Jorge or Izzy. Go and fuck yourselves. Um, <laughs> someone says Masvidal fight of the year, no question. He also says knockout of the year. Uh, Bryce Mitchell Twister submission, Masvidal submission, Artem Lobov submission, uh, fighter of the decade. Um, fair enough. Fair play, uh, but he kind of transcends the sport of mixed martial arts. Uh, someone decade, someone says maybe. dismantling Whitaker was nuts. Israel Adesanya, fighter of the year. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not upset with anyone picking Izzy. By the way, I, I was it was a big dilemma for me. Like, and in the end, I just went for like who who had the biggest cultural imprint. Um, and I, I completely agree with the way uh, Jose went about it too. You know, just looking at the opponents, looking at the, at the people he fought. It, it it's either one or the other way. I think to be honest. I think an underrated event of the year was 241. A lot of people don't talk about that one. That's DC Stipe, uh, Diaz, Pettis, and Romero Costa. Yeah, Diaz Pettis was fucking insane. Pe- and Romero. Speaking so of insane. fight, like Costa Romero was on my shortlist for fight of the year too. Pissed off though because it was three rounds. Like it was one of those where I was like annoyed. Like I was like, for fuck's sake! Like we knew this should have been five rounds. We fucking knew this should have been five rounds. Should have been five rounds. Should have been five and the, the fight could have definitely changed in those last two rounds. Like I don't buy that shit with the Masvidal when people are like, "Oh yeah, the whole thing was about to change." But that fight, it absolutely could have changed. I know it didn't because it didn't happen, but it absolutely could have changed. Um, someone in the comment section is also going back a little bit when we were talking about where we want people to hold events. Uh, someone says UFC Hawaii and UFC Thailand would be fun. I agree with both of those. Sign me up. I could die in Thailand, though. Like, if I was... You would melt. I don't think it's a good idea. I'll go. <laughs> send me there. Cool, then, yeah. I'll, then I'll go. I was a much safer guy to send to Thailand than me. <laughs> Fucking like the hangover tree or whatever. Uh, someone says, UFC, someone says UFC Dallas, but they want it to be a Dallas stadium show. I can remember. What was the, 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 the fight that... Aldo McGregor. Yeah, Aldo McGregor. I know you can remember us all booking. Where the fuck are we gonna stay in Dallas, Texas? And the next, the hotel closest to the uh, Cowboy Stadium was like, I don't know, like miles away. And then I was like, everyone was like, just make sure you go to Four Flags. And I was like, I don't know if that's a restaurant or, or what whatever, did you say? But, uh, what did you say? Everyone was like, make sure you go to like Four Flags or something. Is it called? I'm not. Gonna, and I was like, I'm I don't not, even know what that is. I'm not gonna tell you the real answer. I'm gonna let you live with. Your, I'm gonna let you live with your shame of calling it Four Flags. Boy, what is it called? Five? It's Six Flags. Six Flags over Texas. I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, no offense to, to Casey Lydon and the Lydon family from Houston, Texas. I'm a big fan of Houston. Just don't know a lot about the flags. Apologies, Casey. What an odd character you are, Pizza Carol. But that's all the questions I'm seeing. 
Uh, we went a little longer, but that's because Pizzi decided that he was going to be rude to you all at the very beginning. So to make it up for you. I don't care. I don't care. So don't tell me how you feel about that because I don't care. Okay? Just remember that whenever you're going to tell me something, I don't care. And you're wasting your time. Well, guess what, Thank folks? You. We're going to be in Las Vegas together. <laughs> For those of you not just listening, Pizzi's doing his stupid scissor thing, which is stupid and funny at the exact same time. But we're gonna be we're gonna be together in Las Vegas for UFC 246. We'll have a great Ooh. time. We're gonna do a side live together. Maybe you guys can come watch. Who knows? We haven't decided yet. Yeah. Uh, we are on that. <laughs> but for Jose, that's Pizzi. Do you have anything else you want to say? Cut a promo. We've gone a little long this time. Uh, don't really have one. I'll make sure I have a really good one for next week. Though. I'll say shout out to MVP Michael Van Page coming out in his Naruto robe with his dagger, his Hidden Leaf Village headband. Fellow Weeb, it's been a great year for Weebs with Israel Adesanya and Michael Van Page carrying the Torah strong. Uh, and you even got Pete Carroll on Team Weeb now. Team, look at this. Look at that, man. Uh, Roxanne. What a signing. Roxanne can't give it. I have to give a shout out to Roxanne Modifier and Alex Caceres, who carried that torch for a long time in the MMA world. <laughs> now MVP and Israel Asanya are carrying it uh, farther and brighter than ever before. So, yes, we us Weebs, I'm not a bad dude. MVP and Israel Asanya are bad dudes. So, that's my promo. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. Go just ahead. make sure when 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 Jose's article about event of the year comes out, make sure you just in the in the comments immediately say, oh, "Risen 20." Make sure all of you say that because you know and I know that Jose doesn't know about that event. Look, sure he doesn't have a clue what happened. Make sure you say that <sighs> all the way through it because he'll love that. He'll love to see that kind of passion in his comments. I'm sure. And someone sent Pizza Carol some conditioner because he's never used it before in his life. <laughs> That's a particularly bad day to say. I mean, I don't want to say anything, but you're starting off 2020 in a rough shape, Pizzi Carroll. <laughs> I'm a bit heavy, too, to be perfectly honest. You're a bit heavy. That's an unfortunately colored sweater. You have no conditioner in your hair. Pizzi Carroll is just falling apart in 2020. What? These earth colors, beautiful what you, on this what, skin. What color is that? Potato sack brown? It's potato, yeah. <laughs> it blends perfectly with my skin. <laughs> Dear God. But anyway, that's Pizzi. I'm Jose. Happy New Year, everyone. We'll see you next week. See you later.